Welcome back for another episode of As For The Rest Of Us. Today is a third episode in a friendship series that we have been doing here on the podcast recently. If you haven't listened, let me catch you up to speed. Two weeks ago, we had an episode where our married friends shared what it is they wish their single friends knew. And last week, we had our single friends share what it is they wish their married friends knew. In each episode, we heard insights and reflections from each group of individuals about those things that they don't necessarily say out loud to their friends, but that they think about or that can create misunderstandings in their friendships from time to time. And as I listened to each episode and facilitated each episode, I just realized that I thought it was worth a little bit more conversation. And so I decided to pull in one of my friends. I am single, she is married, and we have known each other for 15 years. Her name is Stephanie Norris, and you are gonna hear both of us talk a little bit about what we took away from the episodes, what it is that we will do differently as a result of hearing the episodes, as well as process what this means for our friendship. I hope that you'll tune in and listen to these two friends who met each other in graduate school and have now done 15 years of life with one another and continue to navigate what that relationship looks like as each of our lives evolve and change in different ways. Stephanie is one of my dearest, longest friends, and I know without a doubt you will enjoy this conversation getting to learn from her. Okay, so I'm here with the Stephanie Norris. And Stephanie, in the intro, I have gone ahead and shared a little bit about how we met one another, the fact that you continue to be such a dear and important friend in my life, as well as what it is that you and I are going to discuss today. So with that already having been said, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over and let you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Stephanie Norris. I am a higher ed friend of Katie's. We met in our graduate program at James Madison. She didn't like me until I made her funfetti cookies on her birthday. And then we've been friends ever since. So we followed each other, not purposely, but maybe purposely to Wilmington, North Carolina. Both of us started our career at UNC Wilmington. I am still in Wilmington, North Carolina and still at UNC Wilmington working with transfer students. I am married to Jason Norris. We will be married eight years next month and have a four and a half year old named Peter. And I'm really excited to get to be on the episode today and talk about this because I feel like this is stuff that we talk about anyway. So it's really fun to get to hear different perspectives and I'm excited to get to talk more. Well, I am so grateful to Stephanie for being here. And one of the things that I feel like I love the most is that ever since I started this podcast, I knew I wanted you to be on an episode and I just have been waiting for, I don't know, the right thing in life to happen or the right topic to come up. And this felt like no better topic because we do talk about these things. And you even Mm -hmm. pointed out the other day when we were texting that what is equally as fun about this dynamic is that we first met one another prior to you being married. And then our friendship really has evolved into you being married. So the first thing I want to ask you, Steph, is as you listened to those two episodes, both as a married person hearing from other married individuals, and then a married person hearing from single 
individuals. What stood out to you the most? I'll go, I guess, in order of the episode. So in terms of being married, I think a couple of things stood out from that first episode and something I even thought about as I was responding. Spoiler alert, I'm one of the voices on the first, um, <laughs> episode. Maybe you can match the voices now. But one of the things I do think is like a asterisk I would put, even listening to other people is like married with children and then married. Because I do think that that those are two different categories. And I think definitely, in my opinion, in terms of how you show up as a friend, not necessarily, I, I think it's also how your marriage is different. But I think that's something I could tell in the responses of who was kind of speaking as like, I'm married with children and who was speaking of like, just me being married. One of the things that someone said on that, that really stood out to me is that marriage is a choice you have to make every day. And it's a lot of work that you commit to. And um, I think that that person being part of these, I might be blending together a couple of different people, but mm -hmm. the other thing is that that person's part of all of your decisions. And I think one of the things that I hope single folks took away from that is that it's not about asking permission, but it's about having that person in mind. And so I do think that when you sort of put all of that together, I think those are the things that really stood out and resonated with me, aside from obviously the things I shared, is marriage being this choice that you make every day that you get up. And sometimes that is an easy, easy choice. And sometimes it's a much harder choice. And the parts within that I also think like all relationships, marriages evolve. So your friends that are newly married and your friends who have been married for a while, you know, that evolves. So making decisions early on is harder because you're not used to making decisions for two people than it is now. I know now after eight years, what Jason would think, need, want, whatever that might be, but there's still things I have to check in about. So that's really stood out to me in terms of. Um, okay. Hold the, on. Time out. I want to ask a follow-up question to something okay. that you said about the married people. So okay. I am curious to know more. I mean, I I have my assumptions as a single person of what you mean, but I, I think the whole purpose of this episode is not to assume. So I'm just going to ask right. it. You talked about, you know, what you heard in that episode is very different when you're married versus when you're mm -hmm. married with kids. So yeah. as a single person, talk to me a little bit about how that has mm -hmm. felt for you. Like what about that feels different in friendship? Well, I think part of it is how you show up for your friends in terms of, and I'll speak for me, you know, your time is different. So if I want to go to a girl's weekend and I'm just married, it's an easy, like there's no sort of pull other than like maybe the finances of it or the timing in terms of like other things in your life. But if I want to go to dinner after work or I want to work late or I want to, go away or do a trip or something like that. It's to me, it's very different. It was, it was different when it was just me and my husband because we spent a lot of time together. It wasn't, you know, if I left and he was like, no, gonna like live his best dream, you know, I guess that weekend and vice versa versus with a kid, that choice is like, Hey, this is not only you know, Hey, I'm going to leave. And you know, all the parenting responsibility falls to you. But also like the finance of that, how much time away are you? Then, you know, when you leave your kid, they, when you get back from that, whatever time you are, like it is like your energy has to be up because they are ready for you to be back. 
And I remember being traveling when Peter was a baby for my best friend's bachelorette bridal shower weekend. And I came back and Peter had been sick and I like Jason was afraid to clip his toenails and his fingernails. And then I clipped it and he was bleeding. And I mean, the whole night I had to like parent this sick Mm -hmm. child. And so like that, I was already exhausted to come back. So you think about your time away in that way. But then I think also, you know, depending on your resources, having a kid sometimes can pull more, I mean, does pull more like financial resources, time, you know, what is like a night look like in terms of bedtime? You know, I was really lucky to have, I have a partner who can easily orchestrate bedtime and school drop off and all that stuff. Dinner, he can do all of that by himself. Not every married couple's dynamic is that way. When Jason and I first got married, our commutes were pretty substantial. We lived in the middle and Jason couldn't have done the morning on a weekday easily because we, for Peter, when we had Peter versus when I didn't. So just like the logistics of some of that stuff, I think you just have to work out more. But I also just think it's time away from your kid. So the pull is actually not that you're married. The pull is that you're a mom. Well, and I, what even stood out to me that I had never thought about before is, right, I come back from a girl's weekend and I can come home and go to bed at 6.30 that night if I want, or I can, you know, whatever. Whereas you are walking back into, okay, I've got to be fully present, full energy mom mode. And I'm exhausted from this trip I just went on, but it doesn't matter how tired I am. I've got to walk back in full energy, fully present. I don't know that I had ever thought about that before. Yeah. And I think that, I I mean, I only have one four and a half year old, but I, you know, you think about if you have more than one kid, you multiply that times one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. And then your partner is also tired because they've been solo parenting. If it's over a weekend, you know, one night is one thing. Like if I'm going to dinner or I want to go to a show or a movie or, you know, Jason went to the movies yesterday with a friend, like that's nothing in my house. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about two you know, you don't know what kind of day your kid's going to have. And so that Wednesday night that we're having dinner or going to bingo or whatever it is that we're doing could be your kid had the worst day ever at school or decides they really, you know, so you just don't know Mm -hmm. kind of what that, or your partner, you know, that day we decide to go, your partner gets slammed with something at work. And now you're trying to navigate, like I, one of us got to go get the kids, but mine's a Mm -hmm. social plan, but yours is a it just adds it versus like, you don't ever have to think about that. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of when you're just married, depending on what it is, again, you're going on an extravagant trip or even, I mean, it's not extravagant and like you only have so much vacation time. Mm -hmm. So what is your, and sometimes your vacation time gets used for things that are your partner. Mm -hmm. So if everyone, every one of their cousins got married that year out of town and they're really family oriented, You've now lost all your vacation days. Like when you're single, they're your vacation days to use however you want to use them. But, you know, if my cousin's getting married, Jason has to use his family, his leave for that, you know? So that might be less days he has to go on a golf trip or do whatever. What I love about what you've shared is that it just gives a perspective that I wouldn't otherwise ever think about because I'm not married and I don't have kids. And so when I come home from trips, I can get into a really dark headspace in terms of I've just had this great night or I've had this great weekend with my girlfriends and now I'm going home and I'm going to be alone. 
And there can be a lot of sadness in that. Mm -hmm. And I think like, oh, my married friends or my married friends with kids, like they get to go home and be with people. Like they don't have to be alone. And what I think is so healthy and good about that is the grass isn't always as green on the other side as you think it is. And so it even is just so much healthier for me to to understand and to hear that perspective so that when I'm in my own headspace, I can feel that sadness, but also reframe it to say, yeah, but like you could go to bed right now <laughs> if you wanted right. instead of me going right. to bed right now. Somebody, going to, bed. Wants Somebody has to make dinner. Full attention and Jason <laughs> is tapped out. So, right. All right. So now I will let you go to episode two, which was the single episode and what stood out there. Yeah. So I, I think for me on the single episode, you know, I, I'm, I consider myself lucky in this, but I do have a lot of single friends. I'll say single girlfriends. All my single friends are women. One of my closest friends here in Wilmington is single. Um, and so I, I feel like I get that perspective. And, and so there were things that kind of to, to your, you started the episode by saying like things contradict. And I think that that is kind of how it tracks in my like friend circle. It's funny though, because since then, even last night, I was texting with that particular single friend and I sensed that maybe she had a weird day at work or like a weird, she's having a weird week and we were making tacos and I was like, Hey, do you want to come over and have tacos? Like I didn't even hesitate to be like, mm-hmm. do you want to have dinner with my child and my husband? Because, you know, to your point, when you go home after a weird day, like you don't have anyone to process that weird day with. Mm-hmm. And so she had already fallen asleep on her couch though, which I also can't do. Um, <laughs> when I get home from a weird day. But, um, so she did not have a come over tacos, but this idea of like really giving more open invitation and folks really wanting that, like to be like, I do want to hang out. You know, I think where I struggled is this balance of wanting to spend time with you and your partner and wanting to spend time alone. And I think I really try to do that with my single friends, but sometimes it's hard to gauge in the case of a lot of my friends like yourself, that person lives out of town. And so like, if you're coming to stay with me, I can't send my husband away. Yes. But like trying to find intentional times, like ways we can do both, Mm -hmm. um, I think is something that resonated with me of this idea of wanting to kind of do both things. I, I think in my experience, my single friends, a lot of them are really great aunts. Somebody said that to my child and also really enjoy to spend time with them. But I also remember not having kids and being like, can your kid be quiet so that we can finish this conversation? <laughs> um, I still feel like that. And I have a kid and I go to someone's house and it's a kid and I don't have mine there. So that really resonated with me. The idea of also giving advice and not wanting advice or underselling or overselling, you know, I, I am someone who met someone online and I'm married to them, but I also recognize that it was 10 years ago and the game was very different then in terms of just even like the modalities of it or at, like, I did not log into an app. I logged into a web browser. Um, and so, you know, that, it's, that, that blows my mind. I forgot yeah. about that. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there was an app I could have used. I just think it was still so taboo that I don't want to have the app on my phone, I guess. I don't know. You know, that kind of stuff. It's just different. And so I don't like pretend to know like kind of how it works, but I'll, and you know, I was 20 in my late twenties. I'm married, you know, married to him five years older than me. So he's in his early thirties. So it wasn't like we were dating in college, but also a different kind of dynamic and scene um, versus I feel like a lot of my friends that are 
in their thirties dating now. And the conversation, you know, about someone who has been previously married, had kids, like things like that. I, I think that's a personal choice. I think you shared, and I can't remember if this is actually you or just your voice that this idea of like, there are times where I want to talk about it and there are times where I don't. And, you know, being able to lean into that. And I feel like that's one of the hardest things as a married person, I guess the caveat that I'm always married. So that's part of my identity, but like as a friend to someone who is single is I don't want to not ask. And bring it up because I don't want people to think I don't, I'm not mindful that that's a part of their life. Mm -hmm. And then I also don't want to ask and then it's not working or, you know, either way, like, and so I think that's one of the hard parts because I'm somebody who pulls in and out of things that are hard in different ways in my life, similar to how, you know, there are times where you want to date and times you don't. So I, I resonate with that, but I think it's also as a married person, but also somebody who had, who I remember thinking, if I don't put myself out there, that person is not the name of the building I used to work in was the Fisher Student Center. That person's not walking into the Fisher Student Center. So if I'm only ever in the Fisher Student Center or my apartment by myself, then those, they're not walking into that either location. So I have to do something. Mm -hmm. I have to make some sort of effort. Right. The Amazon guy doesn't even knock on my door anymore. He just drops it right. on my porch and walks right. away. <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, I, I would love, I mean, I think I like am really charming in the grocery store, but no one ever seems to really, now everyone picks up their groceries, you know? Yes. Um, so it's, it's a hard, it's a hard game for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, as you were talking about the whole, like, do I ask you about it? Do I not thing? Even as a single person, I feel like there are friends or relationships where I even struggle with that with my married friends, right? Like if I know they and their spouse are having a harder mm -hmm. time, right? Maybe they're arguing more than they usually do. Maybe they've had a big disagreement about something. Maybe in parenting, they're having a disagreement about how to do mm -hmm. something. And it's the struggle of, well, I don't want to ask about it if you don't want to talk about it but I don't want to not ask about it because I don't mm -hmm. want you to think I don't care. And mm -hmm. it is this dance we do between I care about you and I know this is important to you. Therefore I want to ask about it. But of course we as friends never want to ask about it for the sake of making you feel worse about right. it. I think what I'm taking away from our conversation more than anything is of course we go through life, right? With our glasses on and mm -hmm. what we're experiencing, but in terms of framework or paradigm of situations, it's applicable on both sides, whether you're married, not married, kids, no kids. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I like, as I listened, I re-listened to both of them today. The other thing I, I think about is, you know, knowing that there are people that we talk about, about certain things and there are people that we don't. And I think that I have friends that talk to me about dating. You're one mm -hmm. of them. Like I know when you go on dates, mm -hmm. a lot of times I can like maybe help you pick out the outfit or I say I'll pick out an outfit yes. <laughs> or I'll give you my barometers that I like to create for you. And then you can rate your date on those. Yes. But I have other friends who are I mean, truly like sometimes they'll tell me they've gone on a date and I'm like shook because I, I'm like, oh, you, oh, you did? Because it's just not how, like, it's just, I'm not probably their person for that. And I don't know if that's because I'm married. I don't know if it's because it's just not who I am. You know, I'm the type of person that 
where things are hard for me, I only like to talk to like two or three people about it because I don't like a lot of voices in that mix. And I think, I think people are like that where there are just people they want to talk to and people they don't. I have a lot of married friends that some of them talk to me. I have friends who I really do know a lot of the stuff, hard stuff about their marriage. They've been willing to share that. And we have processed that. And I have friends who I know nothing about the inner dynamics of their marriage at all. And same thing, you know, I think just like as a single person, you talk to other single people about dating, married people talk to married people about being married. Right. And I think the same thing, there are people where you're like, I don't want to talk to you about this thing because you don't get it or you might judge me and, or you haven't had this experience. And so a lot of times in my experience, if you're talking to a single person who's never been married, caveat, a single person who's never been married about your marriage, there's sort of like these unsaid things that when you're married, it's just like, this is how it is, man. Like this is your person every day, all the time. So when they're in, like my husband just lost his father, he'd been sick for 18 months. It was not the easiest season of our life. And so there were times where, you know, it was really hard to be a good partner or it was really sad for me to, to listen or watch him. And, and then that impacts, right. It impacts me it impacts my child it impacts our house It impacts us trying to have another kid like that. It, it, impact, it, it just, that other person impacts every part of how you exist in the world. But then also when things are great for that person, you know, that is also something that impacts, right? Like your partner gets a new job or a new opportunity or, you know, whatever it might be. I think that's the other part about being married that no one really said on the podcast is that you're also married to that person's family. So now you have like your family dynamics and their family dynamics. So you've doubled the family dynamics. And sometimes that takes a lot out of you in terms of time, resource, mental capacity. And so sometimes it's not that your friend, your friend would rather be with you, you know, potentially. That's good but. Point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I wanted to touch on in the remaining time, this dynamic of becoming friends single and mm-hmm. one, and maybe hopefully fingers crossed for me, uh, eventually both of them becoming married and kind of what thoughts you have around that. Because when I most thought about it, is when it came up in the single episode around wanting to spend time with just the friend versus wanting to spend time with the friend and the partner. And so I started thinking about like, do I have preferences there? If I do, what are they? Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that my friends who I knew when they were single and got married, I actually, I mean, of course, I love spending time with my friend more because you've always been my friend, but I genuinely enjoy Spending time, like I love mm-hmm. spending time with you with Jason. Like I am mm-hmm. never sitting there thinking like, I wish Jason would just get out of the room so I could spend time with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. No, like I genuinely enjoy spending time with both of you because to me, he is a part of our friendship story, right? Like I yes. remember when you went on that first date with him. Mm-hmm. I remember you signing up for online dating. Like he's a part mm-hmm. of our friendship story versus mm-hmm. my friends that I met already married. It's not that I don't enjoy spending time with their spouse. I just, I'm not as eager to know their spouse, to to get to know their spouse in yeah. the way that I am, my friends that I knew single. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm like trying to think of for myself that same thing. And I do think that there are 
I think what you're saying, it makes sense in terms of like, I think when you're dating, you're still sort of operating. And in our case, we were, there was a lot of us that would hang out together as a group. Mm-hmm. So we were in a group setting often mm-hmm. versus now that might not in depending on the context might not happen as much. But I also think that you sort of grow like when you were my friend before and then I'm start dating, that person had to blend like, you know, mix into this friend circle. So in a lot of ways, Jason had to court you. He had to court all of our friends, just like he was courting me versus a friend that's like, they only know us as a package. Mm -hmm. And it's fun for me to have, and I have a a good amount of friends. I got married at 28. So I have a good amount of friends that knew me single, that knew us dating and that we're still friends with. And I have friends, you know, on the opposite that only know us as a couple. And I think it's, it is interesting in terms of the dynamic, because I also think maybe that's why, I don't know, is that why you feel like you can share more about dating with me? Because you know that you watched me date and we dated, we were dating at the same time here, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the dating scene was very small then. So a lot of us were seeing the same faces pop up. There was like four of us on a dating yeah, Jason app. Jason Norris, like, why didn't you message me, Jason Norris? Right, Come on. Jason, right, right, Jason, where are you? It's because of the age, remember? It's because, Mm -hmm. just for everyone to know, I said I would go over 30 and Katie capped it at 30. So Jason Just so we're clear, Jason is also (laughs) much more Stephanie's type than he is mine. (laughs) Right, right, right. You know, because we went through it together, I don't know if that's why you feel like you can talk to me about it because you watched me date. And so you know that I like have, have been through it. It wasn't like this just like magical man came into my life. I think what it has more to do with is how you talk to me about dating. It's not a, like, you probably have opinions about how I could date differently or how I could dress different. I mean, I know you have opinions about how I could dress differently on dates. Um, <laughs> right? Like That's you- not true. Just let the caveat show that I just give opinions <laughs> this or that, or I tell her not to wear no cardigans all the time. Allowed. No um, cardigans. No cardigans. So I am a grandma, but I'm not allowed to dress like one. Right, so, not on the first date. <laughs> so anyway, I think it. I think it's my friends who approach talking to me about dating from a more empathetic perspective versus a let me teach you perspective. Like mm-hmm. I'm married, let me teach you how to do this. That mm-hmm. I don't warm up to as much. Other people might totally warm up to that. Like give me your advice. Please tell me what to do. But I have enough self-talk going on in my own head that I don't need more opinions and more thoughts to enter Mm -hmm. into my head. What I actually need is the empathetic friend who wants to talk to me, who wants to make the jokes to get me to lighten up a little bit more about it, who knows the things they're going to make me say that are going to make me roll my eyes but laugh at the same time. And so I think that has more to do with it. I think also I wonder too – you're somebody who is very openly dating to get married. Like you, True. that is the goal. You would like to get married. You'd like to have a family. That is your goal in dating. Mm-hmm. You're not dating just to get out there. You're not dating just as you want just to get married or not to get married or you're indifferent. Like you're not indifferent about it at all. And so I think as your friend, knowing that I know how important when you go on dates it is. It's not, I have single friends who date to have fun. Like they just want to meet people, have a good time. And I, you know, I don't know that they're ever going to get married, not because there's anything wrong with them or 
And mm-hmm. I don't, I genuinely don't think that that's what they're out there trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so that the conversation with those friends are very different than to me, someone like you, who I know really wants this mm-hmm. thing. And so I think that also has something that at least for me resonates and that I know that I have friends that want that. And then I know that I have friends that maybe are, I would call them indifferent. I don't know that I have any friends in my world that are like, I definitely don't want to get married. And so I think as you support your friends dating, it's also trying to figure out what are they, what are they looking for and like, what do they need? And I think that to your point earlier, it probably transfers into other advice and things, you know, um, as you're supporting your friends. But for me, for my friends that are dating, because I know they really want to get married and have kids or just really want to get married and have a partner. Mm -hmm. To me, I just approach them and our conversations differently because I know when a date doesn't work out that Mm -hmm. there's a long, there's like another brain path that goes with that versus someone who has like a stupid date that is just going to like laugh it off and go on the next one. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, part of it and also annoying, but, um, <laughs> that's good. But I think that's the harder the as a friend, that's kind of the lens that I like choose is like, what is their goal in dating right now? All right. Well, I can't believe it, but we've been talking for almost 30 minutes, which seems crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and start to wrap us up. And the last question I want to ask you, whether it be something from one of the episodes, whether it be this conversation between you and I today, you know, what's like one tangible thing that you feel like you are walking away either thinking about or, ooh, I'm going to ask. But what's what's something you're going to take away? You know, the biggest takeaway is really this idea of like engaging with your friends about where you're at, but also like what else is going on. And I think sometimes I'm more afraid to share, afraid to find out the right word, but I'm less likely to share with my single friends. Things like when I get home from the wedding next weekend, I will come into a toddler full throttle, you know, or just things like that, I I think, and make the assumption that they wouldn't want to hear it because I'm married and they're not, and that they would rather have what I have than not have it. And so I should just like be happy with it. And so I think a lot of, it felt like a lot of the marriage, the things that the married people wanted their single friends to know is like, not in like a don't get married way, but in a it, hey, attention, marriage is really hard. I know people say that all the time, but marriage oh, really? is really hard and a choice and an, and an action. And there are also like, there are seasons of times where you're dating and not, and not dating. There are seasons where our marriages are really hard and there are seasons when they're not. And we have to turn inward during that time and focus one way or the other. And so I think that's being more willing to share that, but then also on the flip side, being willing to ask what, where are you, you know, kind of give me sort of where you're at on dating right now. And that allows me to know if I should ask questions or not. Um, ask questions. It's good. What about you, Kate? What's your takeaway? I think as I think about my married friends, my takeaway is to just tell them, Like, stop playing this, like, secret dance little game. If they ask about dating, instead of answering it and being mad about it, and I didn't want them to ask about it, like, just say, I I don't really want to talk about it today. Or I'm not in a space where I want to talk about it right now. 
And I think just instead of building that resentment and building that frustration as a single person, being willing to be vulnerable enough to just admit that you're not in a space where you want to talk about it. So I think that's a takeaway for me that it actually would make friendship with me easier for my friends if I just did that so that they're not trying to do this dance over there that they're doing. I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from having facilitated all three episodes is that there's so much in friendship that is going on in each of our heads, but no one is saying out loud. And we're both thinking it, probably from our own perspectives, but we're both thinking it, but no one's calling it out into the center of the room. And sometimes it's because it's just not appropriate, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on the circumstance. But I think when it is, it actually would make it easier for both friends involved if someone was willing to just call out the elephant in the room. I think also because your time is limited sometimes. True. And so you don't want to, I think that's the other thing that's hard as adults. I won't even marry, mm-hmm. not married, single. Like, it's not like we're in our residence halls, just like chit-chatting, hanging you know, out. <laughs> hanging out all day, every day. And so it's like, well, if I'm only going to get two hours with you, or I'm only going to get a 30 minute phone call with you, mm-hmm. do I really, how much of that time am I going to spend on this? And so I think it's also finding the space to say like, how do I check in on all the things, mm-hmm. but also not, but also like, maybe I missed something. And I think it speaks to maybe this is me plugging a future episode on like making time for adult friendships and like mm-hmm. the dynamics of an adult fr- working friend. I like it. Because I think a lot of it is like you and I are time zone apart. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we might have different work hours. Right. And I, you know, then you add things like kids and, you know, workout routines and that kind of stuff. And um, by the time any of us sometimes are done with our day, no one wants to talk. I like it. I'm into it. Stephanie has now given me two future episode topics. So you just keep them coming because I have liked all of your suggestions so far. So there we keep go. Keep it going. I'll start brainstorming guests for you. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you for You're joining all- me today. One, because I just always genuinely enjoy your perspective and your thoughts and spending time with you. But two, I think if we both can relate to this and we mm-hmm. both as people who have been friends for 15? 15 years. You know, this is the first time. I mean, we've kind of beat around the bush of this mm-hmm. conversation before, but have never directly had this conversation in your eight years of marriage, I think is probably relatable to others out there listening. So thank you for being willing to do it. You're welcome.